Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great to have you joining us again today. And before we jump in, just thinking about the new year and goals and all that sort of stuff and one thing I'd love to see happen is for more people to become subscribers to the Point of Impact podcast so that you just get it every week. You don't have to come looking for it. It finds you. I'd like, uh, I'd like to see more reviews, especially on Apple. It's the most popular place people listen to our podcast. Uh, more ratings and more five-star reviews, more comments, um, all that sort of stuff. If you're up for it. I'd love to have you do that. I really appreciate it. I think it just helps. I just see how reviews help my book and people can find out more about it. And obviously, same thing with the, the ratings. You know, it's always great. People are looking for, you know, what others think and what they've received and how it's helped them and benefited them. And so if you're willing to do that, I, I definitely would appreciate it. It would really, uh, it would really help us be able to reach more and more folks and help more and more folks. That's the whole idea behind this podcast is what can we share that can help? And we're going to start a new series, uh, a new theme, which is the theme of happiness. Happy New Year. Yeah. Okay, great. Easy to say, harder to do. And so I'd like to spend some of the next several weeks talking about happiness. What brings happiness into our lives? I think that that would be valuable because then you could really have a happy new year because you'd actually know what happiness looks like and how it is that you can pursue it for your life. One of the different ways that researchers define happiness is is something that they call a a culture of well-being, a culture of well-being. And the well-being is things like uh, less health problems, sense of safety, uh, in loving relationships, financial stability, um, healthy in terms of exercise, like their job, like what they do, those sorts of things. That's one definition. And using that culture of well-being as a definition of happiness, there was a a survey done then about where, where are the happiest places in America. Where are the places where people are happiest, in, in the, again, in the sense of having a culture of well-being? And Sarasota, Bradenton, Florida came out on top. Wow. How about that? Number one, Sarasota, Bradenton. My aunt used to live in Bradenton. I've been there before. It's a beautiful area. Lots of nice beaches. By the way, Honolulu is number two, just to, to give you uh, maybe the top five. Raleigh, North Carolina. I used to live near Raleigh when I went to Duke University which is just down the road. Thousand Oaks and in Ventura, California, in Southern California is number four. El Paso, Texas is number five. So five different states. Uh, Most of them are more warm weather states. I don't know what that tells you. But number one, Sarasota, Bradenton, Florida. So that's where people are the happiest in terms of a culture of well-being. But in the end, Certainly, those are definitions of happiness, and, and, and there are many more that we'll explore uh, over this uh, series of, of uh, podcast episodes on happiness. 
So there's a lot I'd like to cover on happiness. And I thought about, you know, where to begin, where to begin. And I want to begin with comparing ourselves to others. If you want a direct route to unhappiness, compare yourself to other people. Comparing ourselves to others won't make you happy. And if you do it on a consistent basis, you are positively not going to end up being a, a, a happy person. It just, it just won't work. So avoiding comparison, and here's the thing about uh, comparisons. I think it's never been worse because of social media. Listen to some of this research that's, that's come out in, in studies about social media and really people's lack of happiness. Loneliness and anxiety. Researchers from the University of Michigan concluded that while Facebook connections can temporarily fill a need, over time these interactions may undermine a person's well-being. Remember this culture of well-being idea. Dr. Andrew Ledbetten at the Professor of Communication at Texas Christian University, TCU, has done studies on social media and relational closeness. And he's determined that women are more average users of any communication, phone, text, face-to-face, -face, and they are more oriented to connecting with others through whatever means are available. And in a culture of comparison that exists on social media, this can really end up affecting women and their happiness. Look at the crafts I did on Pinterest. Look at this outfit that I'm wearing that I show off on, on Facebook. There, be, there comes a point where it really impacts. Now, again, do women feel the negative effects of social media more than men simply because they use it more or because they're more prone to critically compare themselves to their peers? And, and my response to that, by the way, would be uh, both, both. Years of pastoring would tell me that women are more critical in, in comparing themselves to others than men are. That's an, a general statement, but that's years of working with people, having both uh, working with people, having people work for me, have, working with volunteers, male and female. I think that's true. And women are on uh, social media more. And so I think the combination of those two things really, that's what, that's what it, it adds up to. Now, at Carnegie Mellon University, a study found that active users of social media, those who interact on other people's posts, experienced stronger ties and less loneliness, while passive users who simply lurked, <laughs> who simply uh, just checked out what other people were doing, they had increased feelings of isolation. And... A group of psychologists at the University of Missouri found similar results. The research indicates that the way people engage online does make a difference. So if you're just sort of a troll and you're just checking out all this other stuff, then that is going to make you um, less happy. If you are more engaged with the post of people that you care about and, and, and you love, then you, in fact, uh, may have a, a greater amount of happiness. But here's what I know for certain. Comparisons make us jealous. They make us envious. They give 
a jealousy or envy a foothold in our lives. A good definition of envy is resenting God's goodness in others' lives and ignoring God's goodness in your own life. And that is a good understanding of envy. You really resent the good things that other people are experiencing and and you ignore the good things that are happening in your own life. And I think this is where social media impacts us. We should share the happiness of the person telling the good news. We should, you know, we should respond positively to that. There's a scripture in the Bible. It's found in in the book of Romans and uh, it's chapter 12. It's verse 15. This is what it says. When others are happy, be happy with them. And when they're sad, be sad. Now, I'm just going to be very frank with you. My experience is that people are really good at being sad when people are sad. They'll come along the person who's grieving and they just, you know, they can they can do that. They can do that well, but they're not nearly nearly as uh, interested in rejoicing with people, being happy for people when they're happy. I mean, it's weird, but it's true. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen people rally around folks that go through hard times and experience sickness or disease or loss really, really, really strong. But if somebody gets a promotion, gets a raise, has like some really great thing happen to them, mm, not not so much. And, and, you know, it's not good. It's the opposite of, 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 of what God wants for our lives. Here, here's the thing about social media. It's like a highlight film. You know, when my boys were playing uh, football in high school, we put together these highlight reels, these highlight films. It, it was not all the plays that they were in, and both of them were running backs. I can assure you that there was never a, a negative yardage play or a fumble or anything like that. Only the touchdown runs, only the runs where he broke three or four tackles, only the runs that showed exceptional quickness or speed. All the highlights were on there, and hey, it works. You know, they both play college football. And social media is like that. You know, it's like a highlight reel. Just the good stuff. The parties, the vacations, the the, the photos that came out well. Not the bad photos. And with filters and everything else, man, I mean, you can really make it look good. You can make it look good. And that's, you know, that's what, that's what social media is, right or wrong. People are not going to get on there and, and, and show how, here's to me having gained five pounds over the holidays by all my bad eating. You're not going to see that. But you'll see the pretty party pictures from the holiday parties or whatever the case may be. I mean, it just... You know, it is what it is. My wife and I do a Christmas card every year. It's a, a picture card. And, um, you know, what do we what do we look for? We look for the, the, the best picture that, that we can find. This year we had this picture uh, with the wedding at a beach and both of us were dressed up and had sunglasses on. And, you know, that's the one that made the, that's the one that made the, the list. You know, people said to me, oh, you know, what are you, you're going Hollywood on us. You know, I don't know about that. I just know that, you know, hey, you want to look your best. So that's the way it is. And we need to just realize that. Don't focus on others' accomplishments. It's not about how does your life measure up. 
That's not, that's not what it's about. That will not get you to a place of happiness. The only thing that matters is that you're the best version of you, that you're the best you can be. That's, that ought to be your, your, your sole focus. Just be focused on who you are. The, the book of Galatians chapter 6 says this in, in verse uh, uh, 3, uh, Galatians 6, 3. If you think you're better than others when you really aren't, you're wrong. Do your own work well, and then you'll have something to be proud of. But don't compare yourself with others. That's pretty good wisdom. That's verse 4. Do your own work well, then you'll have something to be proud of. Don't compare yourself with others. So there it is. That's really, you know, how, how God would want us to, don't compare yourself with other people. Now, I think some of the things that help, just practically speaking, are, uh, you know, don't don't be on social media too much. You know, just just check it. Make say predetermined times. Don't just constantly be looking at your phone, looking at it, and you know maybe even take a a social media break. You know, some call it a fast. That's one way of saying it, I guess. You know, maybe maybe just trim down your 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 friend list. Um, maybe how often you share. You know how how much you interact. I mean, if it just if it just becomes too much you know, of a temptation or just too much for you, then that's another way to, to deal with it. You know, we have to understand, you know, some of us say, hey, I can just, uh, I can look at that stuff and understand that somebody's highlight reel, but others, it's just going to bug you too much and it'd just be better to, to interact with it less. So, you know, you don't end up with that kind of envy and jealousy, which robs you of your happiness. That's what comparison does. Comparison, it makes us jealous. Now, Comparison makes us prideful. Yeah, that's, again, that verse we just read in Galatians 6 and verse 3. You know, if you think you're better than others, when you really aren't, you're wrong. When we compare ourselves, we can feel prideful because, you know, we think, man, I'm doing better than her. I'm doing better than him. Boy, oh boy, look at this. Look at all this great stuff. That That's not, that's not good for us either. Our focus should really, again, be on doing what it is that we're supposed to do, fulfilling our God-given potential. That's what will make you happy when you fulfill your God-given potential. You can keep from pride by evaluating your own weaknesses and shortcomings rather than focusing on others. Now, you may say, well, that doesn't make me very happy, Rick, if I have to, to do that. Well, you do that only in the sense that you recognize that that brings humility into your life, that we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, no one is good at everything. That doesn't take away from our happiness to, to be able to say that. That just keeps us in a proper place of humility and keeps us from allowing comparisons, either positive or negative, to, to take control in our lives. You know, another way to look at it is that your strengths exist that they might be complementary to other people's weaknesses. And their strengths exist that they might be complementary to your weaknesses, my weaknesses. That we all, you know, are in this thing together. That, that we all have different gifts. We all have different talents. And that's, that's exactly the way God created it to be. That we would just all, you know, use our different gifts to help others and to do the things that 
need to get done. And that's different for different people. If we're not careful, you go back to social media and then we com can compare and, and we end up feeling superior. So one side of it, we end up feeling inferior. We end up feeling jealous and envious. And then, you know, we get on other places, other people, and we're like, oh, man, I'm better than that person. And we should just enjoy our success graciously. And with an awareness, you know, that things can change. No one stays on a winning streak forever. I, I'm a New Englander. I think, you know, those of you that listen know that. If you don't, I'm a New Englander. And the Patriots have been on a 20-year run of incredible success, and now they lose in, and they lose in the wild card, and everyone's, you know, about to lose their mind. You know, like, what is going on? What about Brady? Is he going to stay? Is he going to retire? You go to Super Bowl after Super Bowl. I mean, there's teams that haven't been to the Super Bowl in years. The Chiefs haven't been in 50 years. There's other teams that the 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 Bull the uh, Buffalo Bills haven't even won a playoff game in 25 years. And the vaunted Dallas Cowboys, supposedly America's team, and when's the last time they even went to a Super Bowl before the Patriots even got on their run? Now, what is the point I'm making? I'm just saying this to the Patriots fans that, you know, you can enjoy it, but probably can't last forever. Sometimes you'll be on the winning side. Sometimes you'll be on the losing side. Take it from an ex-athlete like myself. You know, I've been on teams that won and I've been on teams that lost. And yeah, it's more fun to be on the winning team. Absolutely is. But reality is that, you know, when we have success, should be gracious about it, and we understand that, you know, we can't always win. So comparison not only can make us envious if we're on the losing side, but if we're not careful on the winning side, it can make us prideful, and that's not good for us either. And here's something else comparison can do. It can just make us discouraged. When we compare ourselves to others, and we think they're you know, doing better than us, then it makes us discouraged, and that leads us to being unhappy. It's what happens. It's exactly the way this comparison trap works. It sucks us in, then before we know it, it causes us all kinds of unhappiness, unnecessary unhappiness. Why, why, why do they get to get all the breaks? Why... Why do they get to go on that trip? And I haven't been on a great vacation. It's a wonderful life. Not for me. And again, take it from a guy who's, who's spent a, a, a many years working with people as a pastor, you know, having people in my office. You know, it's one thing to see the outside. It's another thing to see the inside. And I've seen the inside many, many, many times, and things are not always as they appear to be. Things are not always as happy and pleasant as you might think they are. I remember an episode on uh, King of Queens, one of my favorite shows, and it, it, it was like uh, uh, Doug was just like thinking about this, uh, this guy that was all pumped up and everything, and you know, what a great life he must have and his beautiful wife and 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 all this and then they show him and they're like arguing and 
he's clipping his toenails in bed and you know it's it's like yeah uh, that's 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 the way things probably are everyone you know has everyone is not as they necessarily appear to be and people we can sort of look at and think it's so great and then we find out it's not and of course we we have all kinds of historical examples of that elvis presley i mean the guy i mean imagine your nickname being the king that's a that's pretty incredible nickname the king phenomenal music career in movies and adored by all kinds of fans and and yet you know the guy you know you pull back the curtain and man it's, it's really not very pretty how about howard hughes i'm always fascinated by him because he's a really pioneer in in aviation and really one of the real self-made american success stories super wealthy and i mean that guy just I mean, his personal life and just became just like a germaphobe and isolated, just crazy. I mean, he, at one point he had all these Hollywood stars and actresses, you know, that wanted to to date him, and it, it's just it's remarkable. Things are 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 not necessarily what they seem. You know, we can say, why do they get all the breaks? Why do others have it so easy and I have it so hard? And it's just it's just a prescription for disaster. It's it just is. Maybe sometimes people do get breaks. In fact, most people who have like real incredible success have got the experience of break. I've seen it time and time again. I mean, they just something happens that opens the door. But here's the thing, you know, after the door gets open, they've got to walk through it and they've got to deliver. You know, you might want to remember that. It's not like it just became easy and so why do others have it so easy they they don't have it so easy it is a lot of hard work and you know maybe uh when it comes right down to it maybe you're not willing to to do that and you say well i am willing to do it and i would say well then uh you know keep keep uh asking god to give you that break to to open up that door for you but if we're not careful comparison can lead us to self-pity and that that just results in unhappiness. We just end up being unhappy. And the reason we're unhappy is because we have kind of a, you know, woe is me attitude. Why don't I get the breaks? And everybody's against me. And I didn't have what others have. And of course, there are people that grow up in certain homes that afford them, you know, opportunities that others don't have. Yes, that's true. But again, that's why comparison is such a is such an absolute one-way street to unhappiness. Because if you dwell on that, what can you do about it? Nothing. So all it does is make you miserable. Absolutely miserable. And again, you never know, you know, the rest of the story you know we can convince ourselves we're missing something and hey you know what maybe you're not in fact maybe you've missed some really bad things but because you're only looking there there's another there's another guy that that goes by past a lot of people call me pastor rick and there's another pastor rick his name is rick warren he's an author and a writer just like me a speaker very similar and the difference is that he wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life, which, unlike any book I've written so far, it was an un 
unbelievable, incredible best-selling book. It, it just stayed at the top for like three years. It's just an amazing, amazing story of success. And not only did that happen, but then the royalties that came from that, the book allowed him to create a, a foundation to do something that he wanted to do. And it's just been an amazing thing that's happened to him. And he's just had enormous influence and had a presidential debate at his church and prayed at the inauguration and, you know, just about every great sort of thing that you would want to have happen. And I'm sure I'm leaving out an enormous amount of stuff. But that's not all there is to, to his story. I was with him in uh, San Diego several years ago, and he was telling us the story of what was happening at his house. That is, that literally, is, this is crazy, but his house was like falling apart. And they, they had to take three of the four outside walls of his house had to be removed and they had to rebuild it. And can you imagine what a hassle that would be? What, what, a, what, what mess that would bring? His wife had serious health problems, serious health problems. Can you imagine, you know, just what it means to, to deal with that with a busy schedule? And then some of you might know this because it, it made pretty big news, but then his 20-something uh, his son ended up committing suicide. He had battled in his mental health for his entire life. So here's a guy that, and of course, he used to sometimes like not, not be able to honor speaking commitments that he had and people get all upset with him and think he was a bum and not realize that it was because he was having to deal with stuff that was going on with his son. I mean, you look on the outside, you think, I mean, the guy's got a best-selling book and, you know, he's doing all this incredible stuff with all over the world and having all this influence and presidents and all this and not knowing that at the same time there's other things going on. Something to think about. Probably don't have all the whole story when you compare. Better not to compare. And, you know, just again, be aware that, you know, life is about cycles, right? I mean, there's good seasons and bad seasons. There's, you know, there's the fall season of harvest when you're just, man, all that planting and work you've done, you're reaping the harvest, man. It's just like win, win, win. And then there's winter seasons when it's like cold and dreary and dark and it's not good. Then all of us go through these things. And if I compare my winter season to your, say, harvest season, I mean, come on, that's that's ridiculous. It's not going to work. A certain season may not allow you to do things that then you'll be able to do in another season. And then again, in this twisted, weird cycle of unhappiness, then now you're in the season where you're having the victories and things are going your way. And then somebody is in the season you used to be in and they're looking at you and then they're unhappy because they're comparing and it's not working out. And the answer to all this is, how about if we just stop the comparing altogether? Let's just not do that. Because it doesn't, it doesn't help us. It doesn't bring us happiness. It only brings us unhappiness. And frankly, you know, that's the almost like the, as weird as it sounds, the best result because from unhappiness comes, comes to misery and all kinds of terrible 
envy and jealousy and bitterness. I mean, just none of that is good. I mean, happy new year. You want to have a happy new year? Don't give in to this comparison trap. Don't do it. It's not going to bring you happiness. It won't, it won't work that way. And so just that, you know, at the beginning of this year, say, okay, I want to have a happy new year. You know, like, hey, happy new year. Yeah, what? Okay, thanks for saying that, but I really want to have a happy new year. How can I be happy? Now we're going to talk about it over these next several episodes. We're going to go into several different areas, but let's just anchor in this first one right here. You're going to be happy if you don't compare. Don't fall into the comparison trap. Don't get on social media and, and, and get yourself into that. Just be the best version of you that you can be. Just pursue your own God-given potential. And if you do that, and you consistently do that throughout this entire year, 2020, you are going to have a happy new year. And I hope you do. See you next week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.